0: Here's the question. How do you make the impossible possible? Simple, remove the I am, the ego. Now, how do you step into that newfound possibility? With a series of small intentional steps. Never forget, the greatest among us started from humble beginnings. But to truly unlock your potential, realize you're here for something greater. If you're yearning for more than just a good life, Let's take that small step together to reach greatness. Welcome to the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast, where we're talking to those who have gone from mediocrity to motivated, overlooked to overachieving, forgettable to unforgettable. Are you ready? Let's go. It's my pleasure to bring onto this podcast the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast my good friend kevin stone he's been my friend uh my mentor at times my uh, uh what do we call it uh, what's the the triad
1: member triad we, member yeah
0: yeah there was a there was an event we had at church a number of years ago they put three people together in in these groups and it was kevin and i and one other and we're really the only triad that still exists out of that i think and we really enjoy it. And yeah. now it's a couples thing and we we meet often and it's it's really a blessing. Uh also you're my pastor. I, and and I appreciate that. I appreciate that that uh raising always raising the bar. You know, mm. kind of on in kind of in the spiritual way, but also in the in the in the way I act and, and the way we think. We've we've had a lot of thinking conversations, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. Yeah, and then what do we do with that? Um, and I've appreciated that, but thank you for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. It's my pleasure.
0: So back to the title, Greatness from Small Beginnings. Yes. So throughout this, I'm going to ask you about where you came from, how that all happened, your your parents, uh, which I did not have the privilege to to meet, and yet there's some connection between you and I in regards to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then kind of the, kind of how life went, mm-hmm. but the best thing about, about greatness that God has put us on this earth to be more than average is kind of the way I like to say it, just kind of frame it, is that the greatest among us are never really done. No. And I do that appreciate that about you, and you have some transitions coming up in your life and we'll right. dig into what's next.
1: Okay. Right?
0: Okay. So that's some of the framework. Now, it'll probably go... Okay. But let's start with who you are. Introduce yourself real quick. And then like, you know, go back to where you were born, the family you were born into, and and I'll just interrupt and and as as we need to just kind of do, we'll just do I'm pretty sure I'm gonna learn
1: something I have I don't know (laughs) of. So that's
0: so that's a good thing. Right. You know, even though we've known each other a long time, it puts the conversation in a different zone for us.
1: It does. It does. Well, uh, my name is Kevin Stone. I have a twin sister, uh, Karen, and I, my wife Denise and I have been married 43 years. Good job. have three sons, uh, Andrew, Matthew, and Tim. Uh, but like you said, let's go back to beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born, my sister and I were born in Stuttgart, Germany in 1954, January 14th. And, uh. We don't know why, but uh, our biological parents uh, couldn't care for us. And God brought mom and dad into the picture. The doctors said, because we were so tiny, uh, that they didn't think we were going to make it. But my mom took -hmm. us home. The doctor said, jack up the heat, and it worked out. And uh, so I look back on that, and and I thank the Lord for my mom so your and
0: dad. Parents were somehow queued up, like they were in yeah looking for someone. To yeah, because and, and here's twins
1: ex- exactly. Wow. And wow. then it's a, a big deal. It is a big deal, and uh, mm-hmm. and they gave their lives for us. They they loved us with all their heart, mm-hmm. and um, but God kept putting people into my life uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, we, because my dad uh, was in the service, we traveled every two years. We, we spent two years in Munchen, Germany and Bad Tölz, and two years in, um, Fort Carson, Colorado, Fort Huachuca, Arizona, Mm -hmm. and Fort Lewis, Washington. But we also spent two years in Tehran, Iran. Uh, when the Shah was still in power, and I was a little boy back mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. so we were moving all around. And uh, as I look back on that time growing up, it was really hard on kids moving every two years. Yeah, the
0: connection you know, and yeah. non non-con- non connection. Yes. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah and all that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so I never really developed friendships. Um, I just about screwed everything opportunity I had up. And in a way, moving every two years was a blessing because I could start all over and try and make friends. Uh, yeah. But friends were a big deal to me. And now my parents uh, would take me to Sunday school on base. And I so I learned some hymns. And one of my favorite hymns is What a Friend We Have in Jesus, because of that need, that desire to, for friendship. For friendship. Yeah. yeah. My dad noticed that uh, when I was a little older, uh, I was moping around and didn't have any friends. And and dad said a really smart thing. He, dad said, "If if you want friends, you need to be a friend." Hmm. And uh, that's a, that's a mic drop. Yeah. Terminology, right? Oh, absolutely. Of course you didn't love it to hear that. I did put it all back on you, right? It did. (laughs) It did. Um, so I tried, but it, it didn't work very well. And, and, um, but when we were, uh, just about to leave, Bob told Germany dad was going to go to the, to Vietnam. We would go back to Fort Lewis, um, in public schools Right before that happened, God brought this GI into my life. Don't even remember his name, but he taught me how to play basketball. Mm. And uh, I wasn't good enough to make the school team when I got back to Tacoma at Mason Junior High. Um, but I was good enough to that some people noticed, and uh, I was invited to go to First Presbyterian Church in Tacoma downtown they had a gym, and uh, I was invited after school by Brad Cross to to play basketball. And they also had a church league and a team. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I got there, though, uh, Denny Ryberg—I don't know if you know that name, but I recognize uh, it. I don't yeah, remember why. He well used specialties. He was one of three: Mike Yaconelli and Wayne Rice and Denny Ryberg uh, founded. Uh, youth specialties. Okay. And uh, but at this time, Denny was youth pastor at First Press, and so he had arranged a time for Brad to after school go there, and he was going to share about a relationship with Jesus, how to have a relationship with Jesus with Brad. When we got there, I was invited, you know, to go before we played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to. He, he just made that opportunity, right. and I thought, sure, I'll hear about Jesus. And it was at that time after he explained the gospel that Brad and I both accepted Christ. Mm -hmm. And we were like ninth grade, ninth grade at the time. And this is an amazing thing about God because I went there having like two acquaintances, Mm -hmm. maybe one friend. And uh, I found out later uh, that same week that when I went to church, because they invited me to youth group. at the church, Mm -hmm. having accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. So they invited me there. So I went there, and there's like 8 to 10 people in the youth group that went to Mason Junior High. And I went from like one friend to having like uh, 10 friends that went to school with me. And no longer did I walk down the aisle of the hallways, not the aisle, but the hallways of school, and many times I'd have my books you know, guys would just yank my books, knock them off, knock out them out of off. You know, being mean, and uh, but that all changed, and uh, that just shows you. I mean, I just looked at that, looking back, and going, "What a good God we have," and mm-hmm. and how He knew what I needed, mm-hmm. and uh, not only a Savior but friends, and and He blessed me with that.
0: Yeah, it goes back to that song. What a friend I have in Jesus. Yes, well, friends sees, you know, they see Sees past the surface, right? Right, and well, that's something we can be grateful for for sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's childhood, right? You know, and then and then high school, you stayed in that area, right? I did.
1: Okay. Yeah. No more moving. No, no more moving. And, okay. and in fact, I often look back and say, at the time, I was adopted twice. Once by my, you know, parents when we were babies. And in ninth grade, God adopted me into His family. So it's right. I feel quite privileged by the way, you know by yeah. that. It's actually pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. It is cool.
0: So you're pastor, right? Been for forty mm-hmm. plus years, right? So how that happen? Like there there's a there's something happened not long after. That's true. <laughs> uh, it's like where was this calling come from? What? Yeah.
1: What was your pastor um, before I went to college? First Presbyterian Church. Is where I started going to church. Of course, um, they had a short-term mission trip to Panama, and uh, mm. someone came up to me in the leadership of the youth group and said, "You know, Kevin, I think you'd do really well uh, on this trip. We we really need somebody. I think you'd you'd be the right person to to go." So I, I ended up. Yeah, after I went over all the excuses, I don't have any money and yeah. all that. Always excuses. It did, didn't feel like uh, I was worthy, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so I went. And it was at that time that God grabbed my heart. And uh, I felt like I was called to the ministry at that point. Um, so that was where the ministry kind of germinated and, and grew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Multnomah uh, School of the Bible back then. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't do well. <laughs> I mean, I really struggled with grades. And, um, and I was kind of a, a rebel. And, uh, but then God brought these people into my life. Denise, my wife, is one of them. And she asked me once in college, she says, well, what are you doing here? I mean, all you're doing is playing around. Yes, I know, Denise. Yes. You would ask these questions. You would. You would. It's your problem. Come yeah. On. And so I, I started getting serious about school and learning mm-hmm. and growing. And I graduated like, from <laughs> Multnomah like with a 2.0000009 or something like that. I barely you know, made it. Uh, and, then, and then I um, went to work for Portland Adventist Medical Center. Uh, and it was at that time that there was an opening at Multnomah, i mean, Montevilla Church—and uh, for a youth pastor. And I had already been working with Denise in junior high at that time, at bo- that volunteer at Montevilla. Yeah, yes. Okay. And uh, when the opening came up for a full-time position as youth pastor, Denise said, "Well, why don't you apply?" I said, eh. "You know," and I knew like four other people that uh, were applying. And I knew they went to the seminary and I knew they were very good students. And I just didn't think I had a prayer uh, of a chance to get that job. But God wanted me to have it. And so I was able to to get hired. And so that's how that kinda came Obviously, about. See,
0: I've never heard that before. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know who that what who you were competing with for that job, but I remember those those days like we barely knew each other. Right, but right. It's the same church that, you know, we basically grown up in, raised our kids in. Yep. Yeah. So that's how you got started. Right. So just some, just kind of bullet points of the number of years. Like, what's okay. happened? How, how has it evolved? Okay. Like how it,
1: that's a good you, question.
0: You were called. Right. And then... You assumed it was this. You had a perspective. You had expectations on what ministry looked like, and, well, it looks different today. It does. So talk to us for just a few minutes about that evolution. Great question. Some of what you... I know some of your story of what happened in your life that God told you to do certain things that have changed you. What are some of those things in that process?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I took the position of youth pastor because I had a heart for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, then the church wanted to move me to another position in the church, but they didn't quite know where. And so they asked me to go and pray about, you know, what where's your heart? You know, as mm-hmm. far as ministry goes, uh, what are you drawn to? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, we spent some time praying and talking to other people, and and it was clear to me that marriage and family— Uh, that's where my heart's at. And uh, I had done a... uh, I had a class, a family ministry class in seminary, and the whole class was... uh, We were given a project to do. The project was go to your church that you attend, Mm -hmm. do an evaluation of of what this church is doing for marriages and families, and then put together a five-year plan and then a 10-year plan. Mm. And so I did. I had a had a really good time doing that, and God blessed me with this new position of uh, being a pastor of uh, family.
0: Yeah. So now you have this template. Yes. At least just a good starting point.
1: I know. I was probably the only person in that seminary class that had the opportunity to take that project and live it out. Wow, that's pretty cool. I I I, I still look back and go, God was in that, and it was really quite amazing. But so I I started out and I I was asking the Lord, uh, okay, we want healthy marriages. What, what is that going to take? What could the church do? And that's when we came up with, uh, having a month, the month of January as our marriage enrichment month at Montevilla. Mm -hmm. And so 25 years ago, I, I looked it up before I came over here. Um, this January w- will be our 25th year of doing what we call teammates. It's a marriage enrichment month. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we wanted as a church to be a church known that if you're married and you're at this church, then we expect you in January to get together with your spouse, with the Lord, and just kind of see how we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then what what do we want to trust the Lord for to to make it better? So we start. I started with that. Uh, you know, let's help the marriages. Then after that, then that was already established. It was going well. Then we moved from marriage to family, and uh, one of the I think is simple but brilliant <laughs> that mm. God God placed on our heart was this: uh, how to help. Moms and dads with their kids, and we we gave an exercise for the parents that we said write down ten things, uh, ten passages of scripture that God has used in your life, uh, and explain how God used those passages. And we we were all in a Sunday school class setting mm-hmm. when we did this, and like we spent a year on this. Because what we did was we had a um, a time of sharing with each other as parents mm-hmm. these passages. And I, I wouldn't have them uh, explain all 10, but they on a Sunday morning, three people would do three of them. Right. And they would explain how God used... To this. help
0: them understand how to... to... Get those to their kids, like explain them to their kids. Exactly. This, okay.
1: That's exactly the, the, why we were how do I integrate
0: it. this in my life? And how did I Right. How did how do I want to, you know, package it to them, so, yes. so to speak. And then and then we all live it together.
1: Yeah. Right. We're yeah. All, always makes... together. And uh, mm-hmm. we knew that God wanted us to make sure our children knew about him and knew about how to have a relationship with him, mm-hmm. and that we still have a relationship with Jesus and God's word's a big part of that. And so that was one of the best years. I look back on those four you know thirty eight years and and that was one of the best years because we found out about things about each other that we never knew, and it gave us more of a compassion uh for you mean, amongst the group amongst as, the group. As
0: friends and and uh, as
1: parents, yeah, as parents, yeah, yeah, okay. and then uh that was like the first six mm-hmm. months, but then the next six months to round out the year we challenged each other okay now ask god for opportunities to share a passage or two with your kids and and make sure they hear your story and your relationship with the lord mm-hmm. and and how god's word is a big part of that that was that was an amazing year and
0: uh, it's just some of those exercises yeah. and honestly i sit here humbled by them you know thank you for Coming up with them, thank you, Lord, for putting them in your mind. Right? Yes, and, and uh, just taking the 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 word of God and using it as a as a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not innocuous, but it is kind of it could be used as a tool. Yes. to get the wisdom, getting to think people to think deeper mm-hmm. and to feel. Yeah, and uh, it's made honestly these kinds of things over the years in our interaction and with you and other men. Mm-hmm. and women in the group, as couples, it really has helped me, you know, over the years. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank the Lord Yeah, for, for the ideas.
1: Well, the, the the comforting thing for me was we were doing it together. It were, I didn't have to feel the load of weight.
0: Putting together a program. And yeah, it yeah.
1: And yeah. We, like we just did it together. Whatever we did, we did it together. And we looked ahead at the next stage of life because you and I, we've been like four stages of life together, which Mm -hmm. is not everybody can say that. It's been a blessing, but I would always look at the next stage of life and ask the Lord, how can we prepare for that next stage of life? So that was part of that. You've been very good at that. And I remember multiple
0: times you're up front and you're saying, okay, you know, it doesn't cover everybody in the room, but our kids are this age group. Mm -hmm. Well, we got this one coming. Yep. Or we got this one coming. Our kids are going to start moving out. Well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to make sure that we, as the family unit, no matter whether they're living in the home or whatever they are, mm-hmm. how are we? How do we prepare for being really good and kingdom workers and yes. prepare for grandparenthood and uh, mm-hmm. you know empty nest and then grandparenting and you know all these other things? And we've been talking about it for decades. Yep. So I appreciate that so much.
1: Yeah. There was one other. Uh... Kind of bullet point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as I look back i was uh I was given the opportunity to add on to my responsibilities uh pastor of outreach to the community mm-hmm. and uh, you can tell this story yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's 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 a great story really um, but uh, but it was it was something that the church should be doing is loving the community. For for Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, and so when I was given that responsibility, I I'd never done that before. I mean, I'd never been responsible as a pastor for mm-hmm. that role. Um, so I started asking other pastors, you know, help. You know, <laughs> and and I'll never forget this. One pastor said to me, um, he said, "The first thing you want to do is you want to pray around your." church building and do walks in the neighborhood that that building's in and just ask the Lord, uh, what do you want us to do on your behalf? But the first thing I found, that wasn't the first thing that was, was important to God. The first thing that was important to God was, and I, I was doing one of these walks and I, uh, and I said, you know, I don't know any of these people, Lord. And I don't care.
0: Hmm. That's the word I was looking you know, for. I, I don't re- care. I remember the first time you told me this, and I don't know how many years it was after. Uh-huh. But I'm like, wait a minute. Kevin doesn't care? Like He's the most caring guy that I know. Oh, I know. How could that even be true <laughs> that he didn't care? And yet it's really stuck with me hmm. over the years that we can... Choose like we can choose to care, yeah, because it's obedient or it's it really it's the right thing, you know, put that in any context you want, mm-hmm. but we can that we can take on a responsibility and then we can actually nurture the responsibility, but in this case, I think you found that it, it had to be more than just a job,
1: yeah right? it had God had to change my heart, mm. God had to be the one to put that compassion for those who don't know him. In my heart, and uh, I had to repent. Uh, I had to just say, "Lord, forgive me for not caring."
0: Okay, for so the, for the sake of the listeners who might be one thinking themselves the same thing. Maybe mm-hmm. was it a f- switch that flipped? Oh, was it? Did it, it take some time? Like, <sighs> explain that because I think,
1: uh, yeah, you know,
0: maybe there's a process here that's uh, just as important as the actual identifying it and then in saying, oh, I got to change my heart here.
1: Right, right. It uh, It's not a switch that flipped except for the fact that in the asking forgiveness for not having that kind of heart, I knew reading the Bible that that, that was something that God called us to, is, is mm-hmm. to love him, but also love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it began a process, I would say. And uh, God, over time, really changed my heart to be genuinely compassionate about the people mm-hmm. in the neighborhood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, I think I'd answer it that way.
0: Yeah. And and then, any idea how long it was from that first realization to the point where you walked through the neighborhood, and, and however long later, and you said, okay, okay these i don't know them all yet but these are my people right any idea it was near to no no no
1: no it was it was uh once i recognized my own heart and and i asked god to change it it probably in a month because yeah. when i i still kept so walking, you dug in and you worked on it i i still did yeah. the prayer walks and during those prayer walks i don't know if you've ever noticed if you've been by yourself and you're walking uh your mind just goes all over the map yep. and, but what a perfect time for me anyway, to talk to the Lord and just, you know, just have a conversation with the Lord. And, and it was, it was uh, during about a month later that when I was walking through the neighborhood, I, I asked the Lord, I told the Lord, I don't know any of these people. Help me help us get to know these people. Mm-hmm. How do we get to know these people? You know, I, I found years before knocking on doors doesn't work. <laughs> it's so impersonal. And people hate people, other Opening people. Oh, yeah, structure. yeah. It's hard. It's sure. hard. So um I said, Lord, what's what's next? And then I kept asking that question and and God kept giving us things as a church to do for the neighborhood. Like the first thing we ever did was a, a neighborhood cleanup mm-hmm. day. Yeah, some and called it Dumpster Day. or Dumpster whatever. Day, yeah. yeah. We had large forty-yard dumpsters delivered to our parking lot, and yeah. and we f- put flyers out announcing it. Okay, on this Saturday from this nine o'clock to two, you can bring your stuff for free, and and uh, that's how we started to get to know the neighborhood with these events that that God showed us to put on, mm-hmm. and um, we were helping the school. We have a school. Uh, block away from the church building, and God gave us favor in their eyes, and we did a number of things for the the school to help Mm -hmm. the teachers and and the school. But it it was because we we prayed and asked God, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. That Marriage Enrichment Month I was talking about earlier, we invited the neighborhood to. We even did uh, a couple for the police officers and their wives and the firemen and their wives, a special teammates for them a couple years. And provided babysitting. Provided babysitting, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, man, that's that's important.
1: It is. I'm it realizing
0: is. as I watch my kids raise their kids that they rely a lot on grandma and grandpa, right? Me, yep. me, me, and papa yeah. for babysitting. Yeah. And I'm like, what did we do? Because I don't remember taking my kids to mom's house all that often. Well, we relied on each other. And yeah. a lot of people just don't have that. Yeah. So there's a, there's a compassion piece, an open eye. Let's keep our eyes open
1: mm-hmm.
0: in our community and, and pray for that God will supply them friends to right. trade with and these kinds of things. But, and they've also mentioned, your kids maybe have mentioned the same thing, how do you have these relationships that are so deep, like mm-hmm. so decades old? Yeah. And we have dozens of them, we thanks do. to you and others you know, yeah. that, that have just been very uh, intentional. It's a about good word making sure that we show up for each other. Yeah. I don't know how many roofs we've been on together. A lot. A lot. <laughs> uh your, your roof, for sure we've done a couple couple times. A couple times.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you thank you Lord. Thank yes. you.
0: But just when when a need was was there, yeah. We've moved, I don't know how many people. I know. Dozens. Yeah. Over the years and not even part of our friend group. It was other people that needed it. Mhm. Yeah. And I so I appreciate that heart, that outreach heart that you you did teach a lot from
1: up front, mm-hmm.
0: but then it, you helped us make it practical. Yeah. And so I appreciate that too.
1: Yeah. Right. The, the joy in that is the praying beforehand and asking the Lord to guide us and show us what he want, wanted us to mm-hmm. do and wait. And then when it came and it actually, the event, actually was put on, watching, I, get, I got to know two neighbors this, this Saturday because I was just unloading their truck in the dumpster day. And we got to talking and asked him where he lived and just down the road. And, uh, yeah, so it was those kind of things. I remember another thing we did uh, in the neighborhood was I was on a prayer walk, uh, and I noticed that uh, there's a lot of trees. There's a lot of trees in this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, those leaves, they're going to sure. die and fall to the f- ground. And uh, we have a problem with the sewer clogging up because of leaves. Yeah. And so the Lord just kind of nudged me. You know, what if, we, what if we took a pickup truck and the high school group and we went around and knocked on the doors. And this is when you when you knock on the door with a rake yeah. and a pickup truck.
0: yeah, that's a little easier to a little handle. easier to handle. Open the door right? yeah
1: And I remember this one kind of lady your yard yeah,
0: mm, what? <laughs> what kind of crazy are you?
1: I know. And how much? Yeah. yeah, how much and and we I would just say, you know, we're from Monteville, the church and and we just want to be good neighbors. And uh, I, we noticed you have a lot of leaves. Would you like? Us to get rid of them for you. Mm. And I remember this one lady said, you, she said, thank you so much. I've been embarrassed because um, I couldn't rate them myself. And I was embarrassed because the leaves would be blown over on my neighbor's yards. Mm. And she says, I'm sure God sent you. Uh, thank you so much mm-hmm. for this. Yes, uh, yes God did, did. Yes, God did. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's good. I know a lot of relationships, a lot of changed lives have come out of that. We have neighbors mm-hmm. that now are our good friends. Yes. That we wouldn't say the same thing before. They just didn't live right within eight or ten blocks. And now there is, that is the case. Right. People come. We know them.
1: hmm
0: You know, a lot yeah. of us don't live ten blocks. And you live, what, 30 blocks maybe? Yeah, 35 25 or 30. Yeah, or yeah,
1: 25 or 30.
0: Uh, me a lot further, but, um, so l- let's fast forward a ways. Okay. Okay. You have a transition coming up. I do. You, are you still pastor? Like what, what's going on, man? <laughs> well, uh,
1: I'm going to, I'm going to turn 70 years old, uh, January 14th, uh, this mm-hmm. coming January and, and, uh, the Lord just, uh, moved in my heart to say, you know, uh, it's time to retire from Montevilla. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what's next. <laughs> Denise and I don't, um, but the next chapter is is going to be revealed in God's timing. Uh, we're certainly not done, <laughs> yeah. and um, and so we we have taken many teams to Italy. Yeah,
0: uh, you mentioned earlier. I wrote it down. A short-term mission affected your life back... At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When you were in high school. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that... I know Kevin, right? (laughs) If it works, you stay with it. Right. For decades. I do. Right? I'm a little... I'm okay with change and these kinds of things, And but I've learned this from you, is that sometimes you just stay with the thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Even it's a little uh, less exciting. You Mm -hmm. stay with the thing, but I know that you find something that works that... Changes hearts, changes minds, keeps people active, teaches them how to s- serve with their hands and their and their bodies, and mm-hmm. then and then their hearts and souls. Right. Uh, you stay with that. So short term missions is a thing you're you've done a lot. We
1: have. We at have. least uh, in the last fifteen years.
0: Yeah. There was a time when you were raising kids and all that that it wasn't as much, right?
1: Yeah. It was two thousand two. We went over to. One of our missionaries that the church supports, uh, Doug Valenzuela, mm-hmm. uh, to do what he was calling a festival mm-hmm. to share Jesus with the community over there in around Naples, Arzano and Casoria uh, cities, and uh, I didn't want I didn't want to go. I really didn't. I, my, my wife Denise and my oldest son Andrew really wanted to go, and I had been saying no to these opportunities for a couple of years, and uh, but they needed someone to to be in charge of inflatables. You know what those no. inflatables mm-hmm. slides that you know yeah. you blow up and anyway, well I did, I had done that in the park next to the church during a VBS fun fair, so. God just kind of said they need somebody to do inflatables. On, you, man, you, no yeah, you can do this. <laughs> and so then then I went, and that was kind of the beginning of um, God giving me a love for the Italian people, and uh,
0: and reigniting that whole reigniting short term missions, the, the the value of it. And yes. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that that's in your future?
1: I would. Yeah. As so long as we're. uh the main ministry uh, is coming alongside another missionary that we support, uh, Fabiano Nicodemo. And uh, we do we do camps, summer camps on the beach. I know that sounds, you know, <laughs> suffering no, for Jesus. Sounds glamorous. <laughs> sounds glamorous, but it's hard work. But it's in the summer. And it's yeah, hot. it's hot. It's, it's glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> but uh, I won't spend any time about... Uh, the story about how this got to be uh, specifically for the Italian Air Force families over there. Mm. But that door opened up to us, and it's each commander that comes for two years, and then a new one comes in in the Italian Air Force base, uh, they have continued to invite us to do these camps. And we work alongside uh, Fabiano and the Mm -hmm. church there, and, and that's, been amazing to see what God's done. Many kids have have come to Jesus, and and uh, and it's 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 been wonderful. And
0: part of that influence has created uh, the opportunity for Fabiano to start a, another church. Right? He, is
1: that yes, right? he he's in fact started two more so there's churches.
0: Multiplication that's happened. Absolutely. Absolutely, that's very cool. That is. That so, is. So you don't know where you're headed necessarily, but we know there's certain things in play already. Correct, and that uh, right. retirement doesn't mean watching old football games.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> it doesn't. On uh,
0: you know YouTube or something, right? No,
1: yeah. Okay. God's not finished un- yeah. until He calls us home, and yeah. uh, and I'm as long as the body moves, and and even I, I might just share this too, because mm-hmm. I I see some of our older um, members of the church. And they don't have the bodies to do what they used to do, mm-hmm. but they have a ministry of prayer and and prayer warriors. They pray for people and and the country and and uh, that's an important ministry, and uh so as long as you're breathing, God can use you. and so uh yeah, we're going to be asking him what's next.
0: good. Good for you. I'm I'm glad to hear that. And you know that I'll be shoulder to shoulder with you, at at least in the heart of it, not Mm -hmm. always in the activity. Right, right. right. Because, you know, we've, but we've been shoulder to shoulder through life. Like this is the way way it's been. And I appreciate that. So to wrap up, I want you to imagine crawling through this microphone and down the cord to the listener. Mm -hmm. You're in the car with them. You're taking a walk with them. They have their ear pods in or something, but they're listening to this later. And you're only going to be with them for 30 seconds to a minute. We've said all that we just said, and they've heard it, but you get to finish it right there in their ear. What are you going to say? You've got a short period of time. What are you going to tell them?
1: going to tell them that God loves them. And I'm going to share with them that that he proved his love over and over and over. But at the beginning, Jesus went and died on the cross for their sins. Whether they believe it or not, we're all born with sin that separated us from God. That makes it incapable of reaching out to God on our own. Mm -hmm. We... The Bible says we're dead in our, in our sin. We're spiritually dead. So just as I was born physically, there needs to be another birth spiritually. And Jesus came to make that happen. And so uh, when I became a believer and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I, I did pray and ask God to be my Lord and Savior And I believe that what he did on the cross satisfied God's wrath and that I entered into a relationship with Jesus. And that's the best decision I've ever made in my whole life because I've Mm -hmm. seen God use me and love me and shepherd me through life, and he can do the same for you.
0: That kind of sums it up. That is a great place to end. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for your friendship over the years, and I'm grateful that God called you to be part of his family. Mm. Because of that, we have a connection, a family connection. We do. uh, Because he's called me the same way. Yep. And that goes way deeper than just a lot of years side by side. It does. We have a connection that is incredible. So that's some of the benefits of what you were just talking about. Yep. A lot of joy, a lot of peace, a lot of fulfillment and fullness in our lives. Not just because of the other people, because God begins that process mm-hmm. and helps that process along through people yep. like you. Thank you. Thank well, you so much for coming on.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Keith, for inviting me.
0: Now, do we end always end everything that I do like this? Now go be great. Go be
1: great. <laughs> <laughs>